First of all, UNC will be testing its emergency sirens later today, sometime between 11 and 1. So if you're on or around campus at that time and you hear the sirens, probably no cause for alarm. There will be an all-clear message after the sirens go off. In local government, a pair of meetings tonight. Orange County commissioners meet in the Witted Building at 7 with an agenda that features a discussion of the Green Tract, a large plot of undeveloped land in northern Chapel Hill. Commissioners tonight will consider approving a contract with an engineering firm to provide design services for a master plan for that land. A portion of the Green Tract is slated for development with affordable housing the top priority, though Chapel Hill, Carborough, and Orange County will all have to sign off on a final plan. Also tonight, county commissioners will hear a presentation on a draft of a countywide master plan for solid waste. Meanwhile, the Carborough Town Council also meets tonight at 7. They'll consider a proposal to extend the Chapelco Carborough water and sewer boundary further south along 15501. That boundary is similar to, but not the same as, the rural buffer limiting development behind, beyond town limits. Tonight's vote will not affect the rural buffer. Also tonight, the Town Council will take one final vote. This will be a quick one to officially change the name of Car Street currently named after Julian Carr, who helped establish the town in the early 20th century, but was also a prominent white supremacist. The road will instead be named after Braxton Fushi, who became Carborough's first black town board member in 1969. In Durham, the school board is not meeting tonight, but they will meet tomorrow. The board has scheduled an emergency meeting Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock to address the salary dispute that led to additional walkouts and school closures yesterday. You can get links to all of the meeting agendas on our website, chapelborough.com. Turning to state news, the U.S. Justice Department yesterday announced a $13.5 million settlement with First National Bank of Pennsylvania over charges that the bank discriminated against black and Latino homebuyers over, over a four-year period, especially around Charlotte and Winston-Salem. The bank allegedly discriminated against black and Latino residents who applied for mortgage loans. They also shut down branches in minority neighborhoods and ignored entire neighborhoods for potential lending. That specific type of discrimination occurs so frequently frequently that it has its own name. It's commonly known as redlining. While the Justice Department zeroes in on that practice, President Joe Biden is also focusing on recent successes in infrastructure, including work to extend affordable high-speed internet to more people across the country. President recently visited North Carolina to promote that success, but the work is not yet done, including here in Orange County, where many rural residents still lack broadband. Noah Powell and Taylor Holbrooks filed this report for Carolina Connection. 73-year-old Rex Brooks has spent his entire life living in this house in Lexington, North Carolina. It's changed a bit over the years. He's built a new kitchen, a smokehouse, even a special building for processing deer meat. But one thing hasn't changed. His house does not have an internet connection. Well, my children pretty much do everything electronically for me. Uh, we have some bills that have to be paid online. Uh, my daughter takes care of all that. Otherwise. We pay our bills in a check, or either if it's a local bills, we run by and pay them at the local places around here, like water bill, electric bill, and all that. We just pay them at that time. While Brooks's life without the internet is manageable for him, he knows his children can't live that way. And, and they're good in their own way. I'm not taking that away, and I know society's gone that way. But at my age, I think I can get by till, till the end 
of way I'm doing it now, you know. So I might worry worry my children to death, but <laughs> it's just going to happen that way. <laughs> if they what I've got invested in them, sure they can give me some answers, you know, <laughs> or, or take care of some business for me, you know. <laughs> Rex is just biding his time, trying to wait out the increasingly online world. But for many North Carolinians, this isn't an option. The internet is, for most aspects of life, a requirement. When President Biden visited Raleigh, he aimed to make the internet cheaper, faster, and more available for families across North Carolina. High-speed internet isn't a luxury anymore. It's an absolute necessity. And today I'm announcing another major step. We're investing another $82 million to connect 16,000 additional homes and businesses, bringing high-speed internet all across the state of North Carolina from top to bottom. The North Carolina Department of Information Technology reported that at least a million households in North Carolina still lacked high-speed internet in 2023. Ray Zeiss has worked for 10 years as the senior director for NC State's Friday Institute. Zeiss has helped spearhead an online survey that is monitoring North Carolina residents' access to internet. So we've had 140,000 responses, so we run it behind the scenes at NC State. This map allows state officials to put funding into action and pinpoint areas that still do not have internet. It's a real joy to see eventually here this year, the money will really start rolling out and we'll start to see real change and real holes being dug and fiber put in and life-changing access happening to some people that never thought they would see, you know, gigabit internet at their house. Zeiss work is prioritizing state taxpayer dollars and working to close the digital divide. NC Broadband's Affordable Connectivity Program has helped over 22 million Americans save 30 to $75 per month on their internet bills. I got a tractor there and another one behind it there, and I got this truck here. I pull my trailers. And Back in Lexington, it doesn't seem that much will change for Brooks. When you're younger, you have to go that way. It's been out for years, but it's really came on the scene in the last 15 to 20 years really strong and everything. Had I been younger when it came out, I'd be right there and probably following the same category as the rest of them. The expansion of broadband across North Carolina is helping to ensure that for younger generations to come, internet access won't even be a second thought. In Raleigh, I'm Noah Powell. And I'm Taylor Holbrooks. North Carolina Connection, a student-produced radio newscast from the UNC Husband School of Journalism and Media that airs Saturday mornings at 8.30 here on 97.9 The Hill. Finally, every weeknight at 6 p.m., 97.9 The Hill hosts Live and Local, an hour of local music from the Triangle, mostly focused on artists just in Orange and Durham counties. It's a thriving scene, but it's not without its challenges, especially in recent months as a handful of venues have closed. Speaking in our forum on the Hill last week, musician Justin Ellis said the biggest challenge may be about finding ways to reconnect UNC students with the local scene, especially in the aftermath of the pandemic. You have this one-two punch of university provides the resources, but for the resource to work, you need people who are connected, who know how to like bridge that gap. And that bridge was already starting to disintegrate a little bit between 2013 and 2018, 19. And then COVID hit, of course. Mm. And when I was a freshman at UNC, I was friends with older people who were like, you never heard of Jack Sprout? Oh my God, you got to come to Jack Sprout. You never heard of whatever? Yeah, got to come. You have a whole gener- generation, I guess, of college kids who don't have an older crew to be like, oh, you have to check this place out because, because none they of them were all could online go online anywhere. The whole yeah, time. exactly. Yeah. 
So when you look at places like the nightlight is gone, the station is gone, even Linda's is gone, and all those en- those venue owners and business owners were all saying something to the effect at the end, it's like no one comes out anymore. And it's not like, sure, parking's annoying and all that jazz, but people aren't coming out because they don't know it's there. That's Justin Ellis there. You can listen back to the entire local music panel at chapelboro.com slash forum on the hill. And visit Chapelboro for more local news as well, including more details on Even Doe Bakery. That's the new business taking over the site of the former Provence and Mosaic restaurants on West Weaver Street in Carborough. Time is 619. Sports for you now brought to you by the Sheraton Chapel Hill. Following their big win over Duke, Carolina men's basketball held steady at number three in this week's AP rankings. And forward Harrison Ingram earned co-ACC Player of the Week honors after putting up 21 points and 13 rebounds against the Blue Devils. He also added four steals in the game, making him the first Tar Heel with 20 points, 13 boards, and four steals in a single game since George Lynch did it back in 1993. Duke, by the way, dropped to number nine in the rankings. Still in the top 10 though, so two top 10 teams still on Tobacco Road. No time to rest. Carolina's back on the court tonight hosting Clemson. Can the Tar Heels avoid a letdown after that emotional win? Head coach Hubert Davis says yes. This is something that we talk about all year, you know, just about uh, you know, I always give them you know, thoughts of the day every day. I send them stuff through text, like stuff I see, like motivational stuff on Instagram and you know, there was one thought of the day about you know it's not all said and done until you've done everything that you can do and you've said everything that you can say and one of the things that we talk about all the time is there's more to be done and there's more to be said and so you know i think you should feel good about where we are now but that's it i mean there's there's so much more room for improvement there's so much more to be said so much more to be done and just you know having that approach to continue just to work uh focus on what is real and i've said this to you guys before and the only thing that you can really control and what is real is your preparation and your practice and how hard you play and so if you prepare and you practice and you play as hard as you can at the end of the day you just have to live with the results and this is what this group will do with the remainder of the year and just see where we end up. That's Hubert Davis speaking there. Tip-off time tonight is 7 p.m. We've got all the action for you right here on 97.9 The Hill starting at 5.30 with countdown to tip-off. Elsewhere in sports, UNC women's basketball dropped out of the top 25 after back-to-back losses to NC State and Virginia Tech last week. Their next game is Saturday, Sunday at Duke. On the track, a huge day Saturday for UNC long-distance runner Parker Wolf. Competing at a meet in Boston, he ran the 3,000 meters in just over seven and a half minutes. That was the fastest time recorded in America this season and the third fastest time in NCAA history. In golf, the Tar Heel women took first at the UCF Challenge in Orlando, second team championship already this season for them. In baseball, UNC junior Vance Honeycutt got named a first team preseason All-American by Baseball America less than two weeks out from the start of their season. In the pool, the Tar Heel swimming and diving team landed a big recruit for next season, freestyle specialist Martin Kartavi, who's also going to be competing in this year's Olympics with the Israeli national team. And on the ice, the Carolina Hurricanes are back in action tonight for their first game after the All-Star break. The Canes are hosting Vancouver at 7 p.m. in PNC Arena.